Previously on the Adventure Zone, the Seekers look out for any information that can aid in the finding of these relics, but they are forbidden from claiming them themselves. Uh, That is where you come in, the Reclaimers. Your job duties will just include following up on any promising information that our uh, Seekers and spies find for us. Uh, We will send you out on missions, and you will uh, do what you did in Phandalin, ideally without involving the destruction of an entire city and the loss of thousands of souls. I mean, ideally, yeah. The three of you can see in the sky for for just two seconds. The sky is filled with thousands of bright white eyes. Magnus immediately assumes he got a hold of some bad unicorn dick. (laughs) (laughs) Come on in. Come to the place where fun never ends. Come on in. It's time to party with Garfield and friends. It's the Adventure Zone. Start a new yes storyline, yes, a new yes, grand yes, adventure, yes, a new chapter. Please, Griffin, please start in the in the. I'm blood, so hungry for it. And the Blood Eagle Saga, <gasps> which is what I'm calling this <laughs> this whole storyline, is mm. the Blood Eagle Saga. The Blood That's Eagle not, Sausage. Uh, this Blood Eagle Sausage chapter <laughs> begins right now. The three of you are fighting. You're in a fight, and you're in... Like with each com- other? Like You're in combat. Like you drank my milk. Hitting the ground running. No, you are in the Icosagon, <gasps> the training dojo for the Bureau mm-hmm. of Balance, and you are squaring off. The three of you are fighting against a, a, a three-strong team of formidable combatants. Uh, you're, you're fighting against Killian. You're fighting against <gasps> Avi. And Mobius. And you're fighting... Who? <laughs> I'm sorry. I think he meant to say Does Morpheus. Mean Morpheus from Max. No, Mobius, as in the guy that invented the strip, <laughs> the breathe race, and the and the fight is taking forever. The fight is going on for a long time. You three are fighting against Avi, Killian, and Robbie. It's a friendly sparring match. Huh. Uh, and then we to, killed Robbie. Well, no, you can't kill Robbie. I have big franchise plans for Robbie. Uh, but you are you are doing some friendly sparring. You're doing some training. Robbie is is uh, throwing some some cocktails at you. Uh, Killian is is doing some acrobatic evasion and and firing off some uh some dulled crossbow bolts at your way. Avi seems like he's holding back a little bit. Maybe he's too nice to actually do any any damage to any friend. He's too friendly to take a honest to god full force swing at you. you drop us in the middle of a fight. I don't know the stakes. Are there any babes that I'm trying to impress? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Cir- circling the the ring, there are. Uh, dozens of uh, Bureau of Balance employees that are there to see what these these three reclaimers that have brought back two grand relics they want to know what these three people are capable of, uh, and, and so yeah, there I guess there are a few women in the audience. Taco, if the- but okay, Gregor, there are women in the audience, but are there bibs? <laughs> there are four, no more than four, no less than four bibs, and but no less. <laughs> Then 16 bobs. 
Oh, I know this one. And one of them has a birthday in May and only wears uh, red hats. Here, yeah. Somebody draw me a Matrix. Okay, I've got this. You know, you remember the Matrix starring Mobius? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just sat back and waited for just that waited. one, didn't you? Uh, just waited. Step into my web. <laughs> the, uh, the fight is interrupted before you can do anything impressive uh, by the voice but of the But I was director. just about to. I oh, let the yeah. record show. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. Uh, the voice of the director booms through the through the uh, the danger room, uh, and uh, requests your presence in her office for an urgent matter. Killian says, uh, "Oh man, I was just about to to put the hurt on y'all. I was just about to to use my limit break. Y'all don't even know what I'm capable wow. of." She sounds like Holly Hunter. She sounds like Griffin. Yeah, she basically sound like Griffin. Yeah, I mean, she was at, the at first point- voice. She was the first voice I ever did, uh, and so it was. Ditto. At this point, made. are we all lining up to like high five and say good game and stuff? And oh you know. yeah, yeah, it's all very, very cordial. Um, there's a there's a special bureau of balance handshake that you do, and it's basically the the handshake, the secret handshake from Big. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the the greeting for members of your order. <laughs> so when we show up half hour later to the uh, director's <laughs> office, she's like, "What were you guys doing? Was it the handshake again?" Ugh. Uh, thank you for coming to my she says thank you for coming to my office shimmy shimmy coco puff and then does the whole thing uh, uh so 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 do we go to her like office or whatever yeah you're there okay whoa oh hey she is uh speaking to davenport going going through some papers when you enter uh into her her office and looks up at you with a start as you enter uh into her room uh, and she stands uh, tall with her, her white oak staff and addresses you and says, uh, I have an urgent mission for you. You'll need well, to depart ho- post-haze. Hello. Oh, sorry. Hey, Jimmy Jimmy Coco Puff, listen to me now. Wait, no, that's country grammar. And how you doing? I'm doing just fine. Uh, Say hello to my fish. You want, that's Steven. You want me to address? Oh, look at that. Yes, I see you've got a little friend there. Does he do anything? He swims around in his tiny ball, and he loves me. And right now he's doing his trick of swimming upside down on the surface of the water. Steven is not dead. Steven he's is eternal. He's in a sphere. He's not in a fishbowl. How do you Steven feed is eternal. Him? How do you... Uh, if you're quite done, uh, right. I have a job for the three of you. Uh, it should be quite uh, 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 much easier than your last job, although your last job entailed you literally going to a train station and getting a thing out of a box. Well, and there was a little train. bit more to it than that. Um, well, I just yes. remembered to do my Magnus voice. Terrific. Uh, I have a job for you. I need the three of you to report to the city of Goldcliff. Mm-hmm. Certainly you've been. Certainly you're familiar with Goldcliff. Very. We actually have only been to three places. And, and they're no longer there. Most of them aren't there anymore. <laughs> Goldcliff, certainly you've heard of. It is the financial seat of power in all of the realm. It's, it's where the money lives. Of course. There's a grand relic one of our seekers have found in the mm-hmm. city of Goldcliff. Uh, and it is in the possession of a master criminal known as the Raven. We've been unable to apprehend the Raven... Ugh, that is uh, so Raven. It is <laughs> first blow. The Madness. first, the first of many, I assume. <laughs> uh, the Raven is is named for the black feathered mask that she wears. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you will need to apprehend her and retrieve the relic that she uh, has been utilizing to wreak havoc all around Goldcliff. This time, I can actually give you some helpful information. 
as to the Sweet. nature of this relic. It is just out of curiosity, this raven, is she like evil, chaotic, neutral? Like, is she kind of a Catwoman-esque figure? Or I can't imagine that people in this universe refer to other people as chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> like, that cannot be in fiction. I'm almost certain that that sort of information, how how, how should I say this, it should be developed throughout the course of your story. If, if life is like a story, I guess, if you <laughs> want to think about it like that. Uh, the relic she has used to uh, up her criminal game is called the Gaia Sash, which mm-hmm. gives the wearer control over nature. It gives oh. them uh, uh, immense control over the powers of wind and thunder and flora. Uh, and heart and fire. And, um, <laughs> and, and what makes this so curious is that the raven has taken up residence in one of the biggest cities in all the land and not in the forest where she would be a god. Uh, hmm. She has been impossible to apprehend thanks to the powers lent to her by the Gaia Sash. You will need to go to Goldcliff, work with the Goldcliff militia to bring the raven in and secure the sash uh, while still uh, acting under the sort of level of discretion that we require from you without too many... uh, too many people catching on what you're going for. That sounds pretty easy. It sounds better than the train. Yeah. I mean, it's harder because there's a whole city. But if we just work at it, I'm sure we'll figure something out. If we just work together and stay positive. Yeah, like he said. (laughs) Guys, we suck. What happened? We suck. Speak for yourself, homie. I'm level six. (laughs) (laughs) I'm chaotic good. I've been very impressed with the three of your job performance, but you sound th- this level of confidence. I've never heard this from you three before. I think it's, a lot of it has to do with uh, our yearly review is coming up pretty soon, and we're all hoping for a pay bump. Oh, I see. It's like the secret. You're, mm-hmm. you're acting confident because you want money, which is the, yeah. that's the well, secret right there. <laughs> law that's, of attraction, you know? One, st- one step forward, two steps back. We mm-hmm. get together... She hates cigarettes, and I like to smoke. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's go see. Um, do we need any uh, relevant equipment for this, or should we just, like, get moving? I mean, if it's, that's up to you, you homie. You got any leads? We have a seeker on the ground that uh, you can get more information from that you'll need to regroup with. He is also acting discreetly because uh, his position is fairly high up, and uh, he doesn't want anybody knowing he works for a shadowy cabal like ourselves mm-hmm. does he uh, is he with the militia do we have a way of getting in contact with him i'm sure you'll figure that out how about a name can we have a name something you've I- met us right like you've met us <laughs> right uh on this week's adventure zone the third one in this series they're still looking for the guy <laughs> also- he is the captain of the Goldcliff militia his name there is we go. his name is captain bane is Captain Ooh. his first name? Captain, Captain Bane, yes, it's... I am a captain! Who is that? That was Bane, sorry. We'll work on it later. Why don't you call him Captain Benny, because I do a great Jack Benny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm naming it after a real person, so I can't just change the real person. You know a real person named Bane? Yeah. I don't know him. He's on Twitter. He listens to the show. Is Are you new? Not anymore. It's not his name, yeah. is it? It's probably not his Christian name. Listen... Uh, we're gonna get going, okay? Unless you have any 
Any uh, anything else to impart? Any other leads? Hot leads? Any road snacks? Yes. Yeah, you got any road snacks? I've brewed you up a file of gorp, and I think <laughs> you're gonna love my special blend. Do you want to know the secret? Hmm. Love. Don't, don't say raisins. It's not raisins. Those are a shoe in for gorp. I think that's what the R in gorp stands for. <laughs> no, my secret. She says, "Come in, lean in close." I lean in close. I lean in far away. <laughs> Pistachios. She says. <laughs> Shelled? Yes, I leave the shells on them. Gives you st- stronger, sturdier teeth. Now get the hell out of my office. Are you? You're a loose say, cannon. <laughs> are you saying to me right now you make gorp? I make gorp. <laughs> I actually call it gorp. Please leave. You have stuff to do. <laughs> leave your badge and gun. Cooper. <laughs> you don't have guns. Please go. Please go. You're going to lose the trail. Do we need to go see Avi? Yeah, you go see Avi at the launch pad. He's still a little sweaty from from his workout. He's wearing a he's wearing a, a tank top. Just hey, did sl- you like it when we kicked your ass down at the Omega Braga Braga front? The what? The Omega Braga Braga front. If any one of the three of you can tell me what a twenty sided shape is called, I'll, I'll I will mail you a check for two hundred dollars. <laughs> Techno round. Uh, All right, that's fine. Uh, Dodecahedron? No, that's a 12-sided shape, but thanks for playing. <sighs> oh, are you talking about the Icosahot? I- oh, shit. I can't oh, even do, do that. you know? Are you talking about the Icosagon? Yeah. Uh, I don't think that fight. I think you're misremembering it. I got in quite a few good blows on you guys. I love you guys, though. You <laughs> Listen, you we don't want to talk about who blew who. We got to go. <laughs> oh, I see. You're ta- you you turn my words on me. You got me again. It's uh, classic. Magnus. Can we go? Classic. Yes, can Magnus. we please start an adventure now? Yeah, hop hop into the fun ball, he says. Isn't there a, some sort of anti-nausea medication that we've received before, or am I misremembering that? <laughs> okay, bye! <Watch. laughs> what, you're talking, you want some fantasy Dramamine? You're worried I'm going to inflict... I've been, I need a dram of Dramamine. It's, it's Dragamine. <laughs> it's a dram of Dragamine. Okay, here's a dram of Dram. He says, oh yeah, it happens to the best of us, buddy. Don't even worry about it. Uh, he says, oh, you know what? I think I'm thinking about the last time we did this. Travis was high. Yeah, oh, I was it. drunk. Thank you very he was much. Drunk. drunk. Okay. Um, he does have his mug. You know, he could be like Mr. T on the A team. He can't fly unless he's medicated. Avi uh, uh, pulls a flask out of his jacket. He says, uh, "Actually, if you guys remember, I, I keep this on hand for when when new folks show up. If they uh, are having trouble getting acclimated, give them a little nip of hooch." Uh, so if you guys want a nip of hooch to help you on the way down, uh, yeah, that's well, we've been that's down this fine. Road. But I'm worried. Oh, yeah. I'm worried if you make it a habit, then that it's a problem. They should come up with a name for that. Making a habit out of drinking. <laughs> so why don't you guys hop right in that fun ball, and I'll I'll get you going. I do that. We do that. I do that. I'm gonna get T-shirts printed that just say "I do that." <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, he uh, he shuts the door to the glass uh, cannonball, uh, <laughs> and it depressurizes, and you die. I guess. <laughs> oh no! It re it has repressurized. Now it's at about half pressure, so you're just, and and now the ball is breathing. Okay. Oh my god! It's sentient. <laughs> you're inside of the living. Glass ball. No, it's not living. You you get inside. Uh, it rolls down a uh, a chute into the uh, the cannon chamber, uh, and you hear the muffled voice of Avi from outside yell, uh, 
Good luck. Uh, have a good t- have a good time down there on the bo- in the world. And with a start, you are fired off. Uh, this time in a totally different direction than the uh, the the direction you went towards Rockport on your last adventure. This time you're flying east. I think you went west last time. Uh, and you're 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 flying through the sky. One of you is is at the tiller. I'm guessing the till. What's it called? The thing. The handle mm-hmm. for flight. The steering mechanism. The ste- Well, it's more of a brake. You're not you're not really uh, flying this thing, but you can slow its descent. By pulling this lever. I'm not touching it. Last time I did, we crashed in a swamp. That's true. Last time I you, actually, it. you destroyed uh, uh, some unicorns, if memory serves. Um, and those are endangered, and you were billed. You were fined heavily for that. So you're, you're, you're flying down uh, for uh, a few minutes before you you part through the clouds. You pass through the, the cloud layer. Uh, and uh, th- this, this trip down is the most scenic... One you've taken yet, largely in part of the uh, to to the natural beauty of Gold Cliff. It's uh, as as its name suggests, it's situated on the edge of a cliff, uh, and it's sort of carved out of this uh, bleak landscape by these two uh, wide, crystal blue, crystal clear, crystal gale rivers. <laughs> uh, Don't it make my brown water blue? That's thank you. Gross, and so uh, it, it's so it's surrounded by these rivers, and they sort of split at the end of the city uh, and surround it, and then just flow freely over the cliff, forming these two large, uh, breathtaking waterfalls. The city itself is largely comprised of these towering buildings that are kind of shimmering uh, in the unrelenting sun. Uh, in this sort of desert-like area around this oasis. Um, and uh, despite the fact that the, the, the land outside of the rivers is sort of a bleak wasteland, the city itself is kind of lush and green. Outside of those rivers, it's sort of just this blasted, featureless land, which sort of makes the city itself look all that more impressive. Um, in that, the wasteland outside of the city limits of... Uh, gold cliff you see something p- peculiar uh you you see these long lines of dust clouds um and they're they're just carving a straight path through this bleak scenery and as you watch them and you get a little bit lower to the ground you realize that they are actually extending and following a a, a path that are marked by these large pylons these large black pylons um and as you get even closer you realize that the clouds are being whipped up by wagons that are speeding through the wasteland, um, and you see some occasional bright flashes of light moving between the They're heading towards the, the city or yeah, away the, towards the city? Or away. They're not even heading towards or away the city. They're almost circling the city. They're, they're pretty far away. Um, okay. It doesn't look... It, this is not... Uh, uh, nobody's mounting an assault on, on Gold Cliff. Uh, you just see these lines sort of just racing out in the desert. Um, uh, is it a race? Good question. It, uh, from with the, the untrained eye, with your six untrained eyes, uh, eight if you count the goldfish, uh, it kind of kind of looks like it a little bit. Hmm. Um, but you pass over uh, you pass over that scene, and you are finishing your final descent into Gold Cliff. I'll start pulling the brake. Okay, you pull the brake, and uh, your, your descent begins to slow, giving you uh, a, a closer vantage point of appreciating uh, the city, uh, and you are just gobsmacked by the largest building in town, which is this 
20-story tall golden tower with a a sort of gaudy golden statue on top of it holding a uh, wreath emblazoned with the words Gold Cliff Trust. Is it made out of gold? It's all is gold. It gold? It's, <sighs> a lot of this stuff is very, very gold. gold. Uh, and as you are uh, trying to figure out how much you could hawk a statue of that size for, uh, you you realize that this building is actually slowly being swallowed up by these gigantic thorny vines uh, that are growing out of the ground at the bottom of the building. Uh, and there's a lot of activity just in front of the building with uh, uh, like dozens and dozens of, uh, you can make out some some people and some wagons just sort of surrounding the entrance to the Gold Cliff Trust that's being enveloped in, in these vines. How uh, high up are they? Uh, they are climbing up. I mean, they're, they are about, uh, halfway up the structure at, at this point. Um, and now Griffin, should we assume that these might be relevant to the story? No. Okay. So you land and you are, you're, you land and then you go to Mark's house and you just kick <laughs> it there for a while. And he's like, what do you need? A grand relic? Gaia Sash, I got that for you right here. See you later, dogs. And, the, All right, let's level up. Yeah, and time to level up. You guys are level eight now. <laughs> Another great adventure. <laughs> uh, um, your sphere uh, comes uh, lands with a, a thud in an alleyway just about a quarter mile away from the Gold Cliff Trust. Uh, and as you emerge from it and look around, you realize that nobody has really seen, uh, taken any notice of your uh, entrance into the city. And as you exit... The door automatically shuts behind you. A balloon pops out of the top of the ball, and your uh, vehicle floats away. My wallet! (laughs) I left my Kindle in the seat back. We all left shit. Dad's dad's third Kindle. (laughs) Lost another one. You left your Zune charger in there, and now it's as good as dead. (laughs) See, that's a real... You talked me into buying that Zune. Well, listen, it was 2006. I said a lot of shit back then. (laughs) Uh Good point. Uh, what do we see immediately in front of us? Uh, you you see a a, a, a couple of uh, vagrants in the, their their uh, in some some shabby sort of makeshift dwellings in this alley. There's some kids playing playing hoop hoop and stick. Where are we in relation to the the, the trust? Oh, you're you're pretty close to it. It's a it's around the corner. Um, well, now hold on. I want to hear more about these vagrant kids. <laughs> that seemed like a promising thread. Do they seem to like? Like like love is the true value kind of thing. Like they're poor yeah, like but they're they get, happy. This is a very uh one percent town. Mm-hmm. Um and and these these vagrant kids are also in the one percent but on the other end. Oh, um okay. but they are just so they have found a fulfillment with this hoop and stick that all of the tea in China couldn't make uh you happy. And so I guess the moral of the story is Love was the real treasure all along, and <laughs> I'm like I'm like already at the building. Okay, I've like um, I'm there. So ditto at the fancy Costco. I bought the lenses straight creeping, which uh, when looked through highlights the footprints, tracks, markings of any person or thing that traveled through the area recently. Okay, I think that it, I think that's gonna come in handy finding the raven. I mean, you can use it right now and see if you can pick up on the raven's tracks. Okay, I use the lenses straight creeping. Okay, all you see. Are straight line tracks, and f- you you try to deduce exactly what these could possibly be, 
and you realize it's a ring. It's a ring and stick. It's from the ring. And these kids have been playing ring and stick for a long <laughs> uh, no, time. See, I didn't use it. That was a trick. I can't believe You've you been, fell for that. It's all hoop tracks. And But, God, there's so many hoop tracks. You think these kids must have been playing hoop and stick for, like, a thousand years. Okay, I've been at the building for, like, five minutes. What's <laughs> happened to me since then? Uh, you are at the... Are you all at the, the Gold Cliff Trust? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, you're at the Gold Cliff Trust. There are some police wagon... Mili- sorry, militia wagons. You understand when I say militia, I'm talking about fantasy police, right? Yeah, you can just say police. We got a few fantasy police in our in our listenership who are like, yeah. mm, elevators? I don't think so. <laughs> I noticed that you used this one skill when I was farting in my hand and smelling it. <laughs> Get out of here. Doofus. You got him. We love you guys. Yeah, yeah We love 99% of you. Just not you hand doofuses. sniffers. Not you um, hand sniffers. Uh, there are uh, a, a few militia wagons uh, surrounding the entrance to the building. Uh, there, the, the building is now almost completely enveloped in these vines, and uh, uh, the the vines have also started to sort of spread, uh, almost like carpeting the street around the uh, uh, Gold Cliff Trust, and uh, so that these militia people are, are giving it a pretty wide berth. Uh, there's about a dozen or so. Uh, militia folks uh, surrounding the entrance to this building. Uh, and in the back of the crowd, uh, near a particularly large uh, wagon, is a uh, broad, mustachioed man uh, in his uh, late 60s, you would think, who's yelling gruff orders uh, at his uh, at his underlings. Um, is he bigger or smaller than Magnus? Uh, he's big. He's he's brick shit house big, and you are like a, I don't know, like an oak shit house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's not value is very charming. Yeah, for I, sure. I, but it's not advisable because that soaks up the smell. I wander over to him, uh, hail and well met and stuff. Uh, I'm Taco, <laughs> and we're from well, you know. No, and I wait seven Sh- times. Stop. Hold on, wait, 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 Barry, get get Private Barry out of the vines. Oh my wait, god! Wait, did get him you tell of- Barry to get Barry out of the vines? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Barry H. No, Sergeant I- Sergeant Barry, get Private Barry out of those vines. He's getting all B A R R Y and B E R R Y. Sorry, what were you saying? I my 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 Sergeant Detective Strawberry. He's got a lot of different titles. Who the hell are you three? What are you doing? I'm busy here. Are Are you Bane? Yeah, I'm Captain Captain Bane. What of it? We're um, we're from the wink, and the nudge sent us, <laughs> hmm? Hmm? and we're wiggling our eyebrows uh, Let, and leaning in it, suggestively. Huh? Let, let's put it this way: you can understand us when we say the words "void fish." Yep, yep, that does it. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Let me see your arms, though. Okay. I flex. No, not I. I what do you think? Arm that, I hold out the arm that doesn't have a bracer on it. Okay, and I hold out my leg. Check out that meat. And it looks like you've got a uh, an ankle monitor on it there, dwarf man. <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> anyway, all right. I you seem like trustworthy folks. Um, <laughs> just just you, can I just compliment you on your judge of character? <laughs> you, you're you you're a great police captain guy. Good <laughs> policing, captain. <laughs> so what are we looking at here? What's what's the what's the sitch? Listen, I'm more big picture kind of uh you know direction uh a lot of producer 
credits on the Listen, on this. we're not hiring. What's the situation here? <laughs> I mean, we we are co-workers already, I so. guess that's true. Here's the situation. The Raven is in the building. Uh I'm guessing stealing all the gold. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go out on a limb. There's a lot of uh a lot of people's finances are all tied up in the the Gold Cliff Trust and so she's in there. Uh we managed to evacuate a lot of the building, but uh as you can see, we're having trouble gaining access to it because of what on account of the vines. You uh, think, do you want us to go in and get her? That would be, that, ter- that would, can I tell you something? That would be terrific. Uh, let me ask you this follow up. Hit me. Do you think we're high enough level to do that? I, I, I don't know how high level six. those vines are. Does that sound we're good? Six. Sound bad? We are this many. You're six. six. I'm about to send three six year olds into a building. Well, we've seen a lot of shit. We're six-year-olds who have been around the block, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't our first rodeo, it's our second. I'm familiar with your rodeos. You guys are legends. Well, uh, go on, say hello to my fish. You're legends in some small circles. Uh, I host a podcast, a fan cast about you guys. (laughs) Whoa. Okay, a narrow, narrow but impactful fan base. I'm into it. Well, listen, we're about to turn this shit into our hidden temple. We're all these legends are wandering right in there. How many? Okay. Uh, how many civilians are left in the building? We uh, we we think we cleared them all out. Uh, oh, too bad. We're pretty good at often civilians. Yeah, I gotta say that's an upsetting thing to hear. I'm an officer of the law. I, well, they usually turn out to have been bad in the first place. But we yeah, don't know that when we do pure it. pure stupid luck. Um, Griffin, uh, when I look at the building, do I see um, an entrance on, like, a level that we would be able to get into? And have the vines, like, so the, made made egress and ingress impossible? So nice. the, the, the vines are not... Um are are not completely covering every single square inch of the building, but they are completely wrapped around. Um, so you can make out sort of where the entrance of the building is. It's it's right in front of you. They are parked out in front of the main entrance of the Gold Cliff Trust. Uh, but but yeah, you get the impression that these vines are going to make getting into the front door uh, pretty tricky. I run up and start blithely attacking him, <laughs> just hacking and slashing. Giving a couple chops of the old axe. Captain Captain Bane yells, Well, okay, see you later. Boy, you guys sure are rude at ending conversations. Well no, I'm still okay, talking I got to-, to him. I didn't I didn't stop the conversation. Okay, I'm you're just- a good you're a good sixty feet from the entrance of the of the building. I'm well, then let me point out, Captain Captain, um Please call me Captain. Captain, um, just one. Mag- if you just call me one, then I assume you're just using my first name. Okay, one. Uh, Magnus and I kind of have the gruff voice thing kind of staked out, so <laughs> if you could kind of change that. Do you want to have a appreciate? Sorry, do you want to have a gruff off? <laughs> oh yeah, let's roll gruff. Okay, Taco, you're the only non-gruff individual here. I want you to give me a word. We'll have to make a big federal case out of it, and then we're gonna go around in a triangle and say the word and see who does the gruffest job with it. Yeah, bring it. Okay. Bring it, copper. Your phrase is taco rules. I feel like I'm really making some progress. Taco rules. No, try again. He only gets one shot at okay, it. You no, you're right. I fucked up. No. You're right. I had one chance and I fucked it right up. You're going to have to change it. Well, let me hear the other two and I'll be the final judge. Taco rules. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, that's gruff, baby. Oh, no, no, Lobo ate my dad. 
need some help over here with the vines. Magnus is over there getting David Allen greared in Jumanji. Why did he rush in? Oh, well, stupid. Yeah. Man. This is Griffin McElroy, your dungeon master and your best friend. How are you doing? Are you doing okay? Thanks for listening to episode 18 of The Adventure Zone, the first part of a story arc that I, just for the life of me, cannot come up with a name for. But hopefully by the time this is published, I will have a name for it, and it'll be really clever, and you'll read it, and just get really hyphy about hearing the rest of it. We have an aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right. Powerful influencer, Travis McRoy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis... How did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, or even your time. What? What influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Chicago! We're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2. And we're doing live shows. All a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out. And Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. 
April 25th is Taz. April 24th is my brother, my brother, and me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2 schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information's there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all of the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. Got a personal message here from one listener to another, or maybe one listener to a non-listener, in which case they're just kind of shouting into the void. If you want to shout into the void, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron, uh, and that'll tell you how to get a personal message on the show. This message is for Lindsay Iserman, and it's from Arthur. And Arthur says, happy birthday to the only person that could talk me into listening to a D&D podcast. Now a romantic evening means a bottle of wine, a synth-heavy score, and the sultry voice of that sweet, sweet dungeon master. Love you, sweets. Not sure if that last part is directed at me or not. But just in case it is, I love you too. One last message here, a commercial message, which you can also pick up at MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron for your small business or your creative works. I want you to go check out elderwoodboxes.com. Elderwood Boxes makes pocket-sized artistic wooden boxes to transport your Dungeons & Dragons dice in style. They personally select the finest woods to handcraft pocket-sized dice boxes with a unique hexagonal look. With literally thousands of combinations of engraved art and wood type, no two boxes are the same. If wood carving, dice, and Dungeons & Dragons is your thing, and it is... Uh, go check us out at elderwoodboxes.com and customize the right box for you. P.S. We miss Barry Blue Jeans. We all miss Barry Blue Jeans. He was a beloved character that appeared in like two episodes and then he died. Well, it was the name, wasn't it? I kind of, it's like the best name and I just sort of wasted it on a on a red shirt. Hey, if you could do us a favor and maybe tell a friend about the Adventure Zone, we sure would appreciate it. We don't uh, market or advertise this show in any way. We rely entirely on word of mouth. Um, we just made, a, about a month or so ago, we made a episode 1.5, which is a super pared-down version of our pilot episode that just gets to the story stuff and the chuckles. That is a way easier way to onboard people onto the show. Um, so yeah, even if your friends maybe aren't big D&D fans, like we weren't either before we started doing the show. So uh, if you could just try and spread the word, we would really appreciate it. Uh, leave a review on iTunes and, and do all that good stuff. We thank you. Thank you. Also, go listen to the other shows on the Maximum Fun Network. There's a ton of really, really good shows on there, like Pop Rocket, Jordan Jesse Go, Judge John Hodgman. We do other shows on the network, like My Brother, My Brother and Me, Sawbones, and Bunker Buddies. Uh, Justin does a YouTube show called Things I Bought at Sheets, and Travis does a podcast uh, with his buddy Brent called Trends Like These. We got our fingers in a lot of pies, but there's infinity pies at MaximumFun.org. Go check them out. They're all free. Free pie. You're going to love them. Also, last thing, if you want to get on the show, be a character on the show, uh, just tweet about the show using the the ZoneCast hashtag, and you might end up in the show, much like Captain Bane, who is named after Vinton Bane, who's Flesh Eater on Twitter. Got a few more characters, uh, a few more open spots uh, for this story arc, so get those toots in now. All right, I'm gonna let you get back to the show. Thank you all very much for listening. I I really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited to start a new story arc. Um, I'm excited for the Fourth of July. Um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, next episode is gonna go up on July 16th. So I'll talk to you then. Uh-huh.
Okay, so what what is Magnus actually doing, Magnus? Um, Magnus said he was hacking at the vines. And slashing. Oh, okay, well that was, you solved my puzzle because slashing was the, the real secret. I'm just trying to do my best here, Griffin, you know what I mean? Every day. As you are hacking and slashing at these vines, I'm guessing using Rail Splitter? Yeah. Um, you are managing to get some get get some meat off the bone. Plant you should plant me be able to cut through any of them right instantly. Well, they're not necessarily just a tree, and yeah, not until I push the button on the handle. Is there a button on it? Okay, uh, no, it's just trees only, and you can only do that once per day. Um, so, uh, or else it, <laughs> Magnus could single handedly deforest the entire planet. Uh, I have a spell called Blight. What's that do? Uh, it's a necromantic energy that washes over a creature of your choice, but it can also be used on a plant creature or magical plant. That's a that's fourth level necromancy. You're not level four. You can't do level four spells. Oh, I know. I was just saying that eventually, like, eventually, eventually he'll be able to cast be cool, right. you guys? Anyway, so if you can reality. stall, if he can stall... <laughs> Let Dad squash some bugs. Let Dad, let Dad run out of town and go kill some level yeah, one. Dogs. I'm gonna go grind. I'm gonna go grind, and then I'll take off some Dad is gonna buy with microtransactions. <laughs> He's gonna go pick up a level. <laughs> go pick up and turn in some crush bone belts. <laughs> that was the nerdiest reference I've done on this show so far, and this is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. As you cut them down with rail splitter, which Magnus has been doing fruitlessly now. Uh, for for like ten minutes, uh, you, you're knocking some plant matter. You're knocking some meat off of the off of these vines, but they are regrowing back in just as fast as you can cut them, even thicker uh, than than they were before. I oh no, can't do that. Oh okay. wait, no, I've got this. Vines, vines, go away. Please <laughs> let me through. I can't think of a rhyme. The vines part, and nope. <laughs> They do not. I have channel divinity, charm animals, and plants. If I present my holy symbol, which I think you all know I have my extreme teen Bible, uh, then invoke the name of my deity, which I'm sure you remember is Pan. Did you pick uh, Pan just because it was the shortest and easiest to remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you even remember the name of the deity you had before Pan? <laughs> of course I do, Griffin. Malodorous something or other. Each beast or plant creature that can see you within 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw. If the creature fails its saving throw, it's charmed by me for one minute. And while it is charmed, it is friendly to you and other creatures you designate. Okay. So I could uh, actually ask it to part, right? Yeah. I mean, you are you can command it. Um, uh, I'm not going to make a saving throw for a vine. Cause, cause, Does because Steven need to make a saving throw? Yeah, Steven actually does need to make a saving throw. Okay. He rolled a well, 13. I don't know if he has any pluses. I think I would do it, but that's fine. 13 is not. So right now, Merle has command over your goldfish, and I don't even know I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means in the context of the game, in the context of the story. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I could make it poop. <laughs> it does. It poops in the ball, and then the poop uh -huh. immediately dissolves in the water. So stop asking me how where the poop goes. There's yeah. a lot of tweets last week. How does it poop? It just the the water is magic. It's a and magic it just, fucking. Fish. It's a magic ball, and it dissolves poop, and it turns the poop back into air. Okay. Wow. You got to back off that tea level medicine. It's really making you anxious. Um. You're right. All right. I'm so sorry. what do I roll? 
Why? You don't. You just okay. just talk dirty to these plants. <laughs> hey, baby, I love your tendrils. <laughs> Gross-a-rooney. Let me see your pistols and stamen. Gross-a-rooney. Oh, man. You started me. it, McElroy. My the... knee is basically touching your knee. Please don't what? do this anymore. I didn't move. The vines uh, enveloping the front door begin to flower and bloom. I die. Which ought to be a lot easier to cut. (laughs) I die in fiction (laughs) and remove my headphones and go to Gino's Pizza Pub and Family Fun Center and play skee-ball for two hours. I will. Will do. Uh, The flowers start to wilt and and fade. Hey there, Vines. Can I leave? You know what? My buddy's over here going to sing a little uh, sexy music. No, we're not. Sing something. Help, come on. Sing something. Oh, oh, wait, but the Vines... The vines huh? begin to flower sort of curiously. Uh-huh, uh-huh. See, come on, come on, sing something. Let's, let's bloom together. Oh, yeah. You know what? I've been my beautiful I got here a few minutes ago, and I cannot take my eyes off you. I looked at you across the square, Ew. 60 feet away, and I said, do not be chopping on this, baby. <laughs> Look at that sweet, sweet pollen sack. Come on. <laughs> Let's go over there. So uh, anyway, you know, it would be really, really good if you would, like, spread your vines uh, and, um, and open up and let us walk in through your door, if you know what I'm talking about. The uh, vines. You know. Statistically speaking, at least one of our listeners has just discovered that they are in uh, possession of the world's worst fetish. <laughs> Uh, the vines, uh, flower, the flowers, there's a, uh, uh, jubilant, uh, puff of honeysuckle dew, and the, the, (laughs) the vines part, allowing you entrance into the building, and I think I just described a plant orgasm. Yep. And I hold my thumb and little finger up on, in the universal symbol of, I'll call you. Okay. And this has been Fifty Shades of Green, <laughs> starring four idiots. I I am in the door. Oh, I've already care. left. I wink at the vines, and I go in. The vines wink back, which is weird. <laughs> That's very unpleasant. Yeah. Once uh, you've been cultivated by Merle, uh, you've been no, cultivated for uh, life. Once you, uh, as you, Merle, as you enter the door, one of the vines rears back and just whips your butt. Just like, and then, Thank you. Uh, the... Vine shuts the door behind you. Uh, hey, if you're thinking of making some fan art for that lesson, <laughs> don't. Please do. Please don't. You, uh, Please the three don't. of you, are standing in the posh lobby of the Goldcliff Trust. Um, there is a, a regal carpet as, that you're standing on as you enter in. Uh, 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 atop a marble floor, uh, jutting out of it are these massive white columns uh, that are surrounding this grand fountain in the center of the room. Um, and in that fountain, there is something that looks like a gigantic tree uh, <gasps> that is growing out of it sort of uh, unnaturally. And uh, you, you get the impression that that tree wasn't there before because it has sort of displaced a lot of the water. Uh, from this fountain, uh, so the the floor is a little bit wet. Some of the vines have started to like creep in through like the foundation of the of the building, but uh, not not very many. Other than the tree, 
uh, this this foyer is sort of still in its uh, undisturbed, uh, lovely. Do we state. hear anything? Uh, you hear uh, a. It's funny you ask that, Justin. There is a shrill alarm that is uh, causing. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, there's an alarm that is uh, piercing the 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 silence that's not there because of the alarm in the room. Uh, the, the alarm is ringing out a unanswered. Really vivid word picture of just there's an alarm. There's yeah. an alarm, and the alarm, if there was silence, would be ruining it. Is basically what I just said. So, <laughs> so you're saying there's not not silence? <laughs> that's exactly right? what there I'm saying. There is the absence of silence. Uh, it's loud. It's a loud room because of this alarm that's going off, but nobody seems to be doing anything about it. Uh, Wait, if there's an alarm going off, how is it silent? Oh, good question, Justin. So uh, on the on uh, the far end of the room, behind the fountain from where you're standing, are a row of booths, like... Uh, uh, teller booths? Yeah, teller booths. Uh, a, a row of booths there with a pretty secure door uh, dividing the main lobby from them. Uh, and then on the left side of the room, uh, from where you're standing, are uh, a, a few doors. Um, uh, Griffin, does the tree is the tree doing anything other than like is it going up through a roof or is there anything on it? Does it seem to have a purpose aside from just being a tree in a room? Is it checking out my ass? Anything like that? Strictly I platonic from please. this point on. Uh, please. Do I have time to smoke a cigarette? Can I? You absolutely do <laughs> not. Um, uh, you could make an, a check. Trap. Yes, I would like to do that, please. Is that perception? Okay. Uh, probably investigation to see investigation. if you notice. That, I rolled a 17. Okay. Um, you don't notice any sort of obvious, like, movement or anything from the tree, but uh, it, some of its leaves are falling off, which is curious because there's not, like, a... Uh, a, a breeze in here. There's not like a stiff breeze. You're indoors. Um, but the, this tree is shedding some of its leaves. Hmm. He's really deciding whether or not he wants to use that old... That is correct. Okay. Is the tree blocking our way to anything? Uh, no, it is... Uh, you're about uh, 40 feet away from it. Um, and uh, it's sort of in the center of the room. Uh, the only obvious exits are those those doors to the left side of the room. Um, is it climbable? The tree? Yes. I mean, it's a tree, so uh, it's as climbable as trees get. Okay, now <laughs> I, I would like to use the lens of straight creeping now. Uh, you look straight down. You're basically standing right in front of the entrance, and you, you use the uh, lens of straight creeping. You see a lot of uh, footprints moving out of the building, uh, originating from all around this room. Uh, probably the evacuees of this building. Um, but uh, you, you detect one pair of footprints that is really curious because they start right there at the front door uh, and then they vanish for like a good 15 feet and then they reappear and then they vanish again for another 15 feet and, and so on and so forth. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it is not the, the usual sort of footprint pattern that people leave. Prequel cool mm -hmm. sentence. Uh, and they lead directly to the middle of the room, uh, into the fountain. Uh, and then they lead to the left side of the room, uh, through, uh, one of the doors over there. Wait, before we head through the door, is there any loot? Is uh, there, I mean, we're in a bank. Is yeah, there... like, do we see any? Is there, that's, that's actually not a bad question. Is there, is there any, like, any sign of, like, money or anything, like, obviously, like, stolen or destroyed or anything? 
not, not nothing like obviously stolen or destroyed on this floor. Um, but again, you only have access to about half of this lobby uh, unless you you get into those uh, booths in the back of the room. Magnus, you want to go look at the booths, or you want to go through the door? I mean, let's check out the booths first. Booths. Merle, okay, let's go check out the booths. Booths. We go to the booths. Okay, uh, as you walk toward the booths, uh, towards uh, the the booths on the back side of the room from where you're standing, uh, you uh, you walk forward and. Uh, as you begin to approach the fountain in the center of the room between you and these booths, the tree awakens <gasps> uh, and turn towards you and you can make out some knots and uh, features in this tree, uh, which is not a tree at all, my friends. It is a tree ant. Part tree, part ant. Can you even imagine anything <laughs> more terrifying uh, than a tree ant? And his name is Trent. That's not a listener. I just thought it would be a fun joke. <laughs> And as it turned out, and you were right. I was right. It's a really fun, yeah. uh, really fun Trent joke. Reznor. His name is Trent. Nope, just Trent. Doesn't have to be a reference. Just a fun joke I made. Um, <laughs> does, uh, he look, is, does he look as though he's rolling for initiative? No, it looks like he's going to do a surprise round because y'all just just walked right up on him. Um, he is going to rear back, uh, and he's got one sort of big limb. Uh, and one sort of small but limb with some sharp barbs on it, and he's gonna go ahead and uh, swing in a pretty wide arc at all three of you with his big limb. Why don't you make a, a dexterity saving throw to try and get out of the way of this attack? Uh, he rolled a sixteen. I rolled a four plus two, a six. Uh, fourteen here. No dice. Seventeen. 17, okay. 30 bonus 10? <clears throat> no, mine's zero. Okay. Merle, you uh, duck out of the way uh, and uh, shout, hey guys, look out! Maybe give a fair warning to your to your compatriots who uh, do not acknowledge it. This massive uh, limb uh, smashes directly into Magnus and Taco uh, and hits you both for... Negative three damage. 14 damage. Whoa. Uh, picking and picks you up and uh, slides you uh, back toward the entrance of the room about 30 feet away. And now we're going to get into initiative. Okay. And it says Groot. Oh, my God. It's Groot. It's Groot from the hit movie. Groot and his buds. <laughs> 14. <laughs> I got, 14. I got a 12. I have a 14 and a 4. So I'll take the 14. Are you sure? Can I sell you on that four? What? Uh, yeah, you are going right now, Taco. I cast Blink. Okay. You what blink, and your eyes get moister than they were before, <laughs> and you feel relieved. It had been... Uh, you This you guys realize, in the whole time we've been doing this podcast, you've never blinked, because you never <laughs> said you blink. did it. This is the crazy. Is I swallow. No, I cast uh, Blink. That's one of my new uh, third-level transmutation spells. Okay. Welcome to the show, Blink. <laughs> uh, so here's here's how Blink works uh, I roll a d20 At the end of each of my turns And on a roll of 11 Or higher I vanish from this plane of existence And appear in the ethereal plane uh, What the shit I know, at the start of my next turn When the spell ends I transport back to uh, the The Physical plane uh, within 10 feet of where I was before. And why I'm in the ethereal plane um, 
I can see and hear what's going on in Shades of Grey, uh, but I can't affect anything. So you can... Nothing can affect me. You can fucking nightcrawl now? (laughs) Yeah, I can bam. Bam! Yeah. That's radical. I know, it's really cool. I I was very proud of that selection. Okay. So yes, I cast Blink. Okay. And now uh, I also is... have that according to my sheet here. I've written it down. Blink. <laughs> oh, everyone, everyone's blinking. My turn is over, and I roll. Okay, sixteen. All right. Uh, you blink into the ethereal plane, and do you disappear from sight from Magnus and and Taco and Merle? Uh, yes. They, and Magnus they, loses his goddamn they mind. Have no clue what's <laughs> happening. Okay. What the? You huh? you blink into the ethereal plane. And suddenly your your vision goes gray. You you blink out of view from um from Merlin Magnus, and the scene in front of you, other than the the color swap change, uh, stays relatively the same. But for a split second, for for a flash after you enter this ethereal plane, you see three gray figures with bright white eyes. What the fuck? Standing all around the room, sort of positioned around the room. Uh, sort of surveying the scene, and as soon as you uh, appear in this ethereal plane and see them for just a second before you can even can even discern what they are, they blink out of you. Oh man! <laughs> okay. Nothing weird here. Are they in the physical realm now? No, Magnus oh. and Merle, you you see nothing. Okay. They just they just changed the channel they were on. They all switched to five point one. Not this idiot. Uh, and that's <laughs> it for your turn. Okay. Uh, next in the order is Merle. I want to cast Prayer of Healing on Magnus. It's a good. Oh, bet. okay. Yeah, he took a hit. Yeah, uh, he would regain hit points equal to two d8 plus my spell casting ability modifier, which is I think six now. It is. Okay. Nice. It is uh, can you? Uh, are, is that a touch spell? Is that a range spell? Does it say the range on it? Anyone that I can see. Okay, you can see him within range. How's your eight? Uh, seven. Oh, are you doing it? Yeah, you do it. Um, Merle, you are still standing right next to the fountain with the with Trent in it. Are you gonna kick it there? Or are you gonna back up? Um, yeah. No, I'm not. Hell yeah, I'm not going to. So I roll my eight. So that's eight. Eight. Nice. And that's twice that. Correct. Uh, well, you roll a second time. Yeah, okay. Roll eight and one. So that's nine plus six. So I heal him all the way, right? Wait, why is this? How do you figure out the spellcasting modifier again? I'm sorry, this is the one that always I always forget. This isn't hit dice. I don't really. Get it, it is your your spellcasting modifier is your so for clerics. I think your wisdom modifier plus your proficiency bonus. Your proficiency bonus, which uh, is three, correct? Right. Uh, three so plus three. Huh. Three plus three, three, three is six, and then cool. plus your actually plus one because you have your. Uh, Extreme Teen Bible, and that's plus one. So I, healing so, for 16. But yeah, I can't 16. go above my base number, right? No, no, no. Okay, There's so a mechanic called temporary hit points. I actually don't know if 5th edition has temporary hit points. Probably it does. does. And but, I would just like to point out, for the first time in the history of this podcast, I think I actually cast a healing spell. That was a nice. healing spell. <laughs> Confirmed. That yes. was a good one. Who had, who had 17 fucking episodes in, <laughs> in the pool? <laughs> uh, next in the order is Magnus. I am going to run up to the tree, push the button on rail splitter, and chop it in half. Okay. You uh, run up to the tree. And you're welcome, by the way. Yep. That ain't going to work. You uh, tree it. click the, the button on rail splitter. It powers up, 
and you rear back and with a mighty swing cut through it like a hot knife through water and you hear it emit a oh oh my butt you chopped my butt uh and uh it topples backwards uh away from the uh front door and topples and falls backwards into the booths in the back of the room which sends up paperwork and receipts and ledgers go flying up into the air uh as you fell trent the tree ant who uh uses who uses his two <laughs> Uh, giant meaty tree branch arms and he rears himself up and looks square at Magnus in the face who's standing in the fountain uh, looking looking very proud of himself uh, and he rears up his his bark like face it's bark like because it is bark uh, and he screams at you very loud with with sap uh, pouring oh. out of his mouth what's he saying yeah it's some some sort of tree language uh, which Merle understands, I guess, oh, maybe. Yeah, I do. I okay. do. So let me let me translate. That means he aggressively is going to retaliate against you and mm-hmm. cause you some kind of harm. But I chopped him in half. And he did take some damage for that. Yeah, I should hope so. <laughs> I think cutting in half counts as a crit. Um, so that's 16. And then some falling damage. And some having damage. <laughs> Extra... Uh, 14 damage, so 30 damage altogether. That's a pretty good hit. I would like, I would just like to point out that if I were fighting a human being and I did an attack that chopped them in half cleanly, like, uh, as I believe you said, a hot knife through water, I don't think we'd be rolling for damage. Well, it is a magic tree and not a human, so... MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, I'm Julie Sabatier, host of Rendered. It's a show about making meaning and breaking rules. We're answering important questions like, can you build a spacesuit in your living room? I went to my brother's place in Beaverton, and um, he has a swimming pool, and I pressurized the suit and sat down there underwater for about 10 minutes. The thing that I had built was supporting my life. That felt really good. What does it sound like when you play a polka record through a styrofoam cup? And what happens when an airport carpet gains a cult following? Oh my goodness, the carpet has an Instagram. Check out Rendered now at MaximumFun.org or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Podcasts.